0: Oh, buddy, there you have it. We went a little deep into 1983's Pyromania album by Def Leppard, but I thought, in view of some of the things that I had read over the course of the week, that uh, Die Hard: The Hunter would be appropriate, given that it seems like uh, you know some of these purported non-events from the 2020 election are now strangely becoming events in terms of laptops and presidential offspring.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, one of my favorite deep tracks from the uh, Hulkamania album by Def Leppard. Really a great, uh, great uh, tune. I believe it was also uh, sung at my uh, my prom by the four aces who uh, actually played there and um, very difficult. Very difficult for a quartet to to cover that song well, the harmonies did.
0: are yeah the harmonies are tough in die hard the hunter but the four mm-hmm. aces if, if anybody could do it it would be the four aces
1: yeah they were they were amazing and it was a beautiful night i know a lot of you out there were there at the Wanamoisa country club back in 1988 um wonderful time wonderful time and it's when my friend i was introduced to my first seagram's golden wine cooler oh classy yeah very classy I- back to salad days at the height of the cold war tensions running high the big election all that stuff but that's neither here nor there this is david pridham along with brad sheaf you can learn more about us in our program on brad's social media sites ipfrequently.com because we do and uh, on the Instaface at ip underscore frequently we love all the feedback we're getting everyone is whipped into a frenzy about the round of eight they know that uh, Uh, today brad is making his oscar picks so people are excited about that um and we spent brad copious amounts of time over the past week uh just just watching all of these films reading scripts screenplays talking to actors actresses and various woke reporters um so should we just uh, dive right
0: in here i guess so yeah i mean i I think rust probably wins best picture
1: i'll tell you what it probably probably does it also could get uh, alec baldwin indicted wouldn't that be uh, great? That would be something. It sounds right? like he deserves it, quite frankly. killed but- her in Cold Blood. Brad, everyone is demanding that we start with the big uh, tournament. Songs of the 80s were down to the Elite Eight. The Elite Eight. As you know, last week there were some Titanic upsets, and we've got really what I consider the eight best songs of the 80s left. Um, so why don't we just dive right in? Let's do it. And remember, Brad, this week, unlike last week, we are actually taking into account uh, your opinion, my opinion, the tiebreakers, Jared. But we also have um, the audience weighing in. And so we have to consider that when giving our votes. So first, Brad, we have the uh, eastern bracket from the eastern time zone, even though some of the games in the NCAA tournament will be in the east. But they'll be playing them in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, which makes no sense to me (laughs) anymore. This uh, first round in the east, you've got the police Every breath you take, and mm-hmm. REO Speedwagon from down under. I think we established last week they were from New Zealand. Uh, Keep on loving you from the uh, the great group Ario Speedwagon. I'll go first. Okay. I'll go first because I feel pretty passionately about this. I think REO is probably the best band in the history of New Zealand. Uh, I am going to go with Keep on Loving You, and that's what that's what the people are saying too. So oh, I really? have to sort of I have to sort of lean that way with my vote. <clears throat> So I'm saying keep on loving you by the great late Ario Speedwagon.
0: Well yeah, I, I I think they may have visited New Zealand. They're they're from Champaign, Illinois, which is odd, right? I mean, you wouldn't think that a great rock band, although I don't know. I mean, I guess they can come from anywhere. I, I am a little bit surprised, as much as I love Ario Speedwagon, and I do, and Keep on Loving You was one of their biggest hits. I'm a little surprised that the audience is leaning that way over every breath you take from the police, not their best, but certainly, you know, a very popular song. But if, you know, if that's the way the audience is leaning, buddy, if that's the way you are leaning, I'm going to go right there with you. It's the only band I'm aware of. that's named after a fire engine. I'm going to go REO Speedwagon there.
1: Perfect. Uh, Next mid East, mid East. We've got another one bites the dust by queen. And welcome to the jungle, Guns and Roses. And the the audience is split down the middle on this. We we had tens of thousands of votes. Many of them came in via paper ballot. We've been pouring over them. Um, there were some write-ins, but that didn't count. So we had to disqualify them and some hanging chads. Uh, but Brad, what do you say about Amer- another one bites the dust versus welcome to the
0: jungle? Well, buddy, do you want me to pick, you know, cold turkey here, cold bore shot? Or do you, you want to tell me which way the audience is leaning
1: well, that's it. They're right down the middle. As I oh, said. they're right down. You this said that. 50, you did say that. 50, yeah, okay. Yeah, 50, All right. 50, 50.
0: Well, then I, I, but I am, I, I'm not sure what you're going to do here. Cause this is another really tough one, um, but I'm a huge hairband guy from the eighties. There's no doubt about it. So I'm going to go with welcome to the jungle by guns and roses,
1: Brad, I'm going to have to uh, disagree. I'm going with another one bites the dust queen, Freddie Mercury, iconic, mm-hmm. the little known fact, this was the theme song. That the JYD junkyard dog used um, in uh, in uh, the um, 1980s uh, in the WWE before everyone started worrying about uh, copyright infringement. Uh, so, Brad, I'm <laughs> gonna go with Queen. Jared, Jared, you have the tie vote, the tie breaking vote, because I had the tie vote. I'm also gonna go with Queen with you on this, David, right, because, yeah, they're just iconic bands. They're both iconic bands. Queen came out with a great movie. I'm not sure if Guns N' Roses did. So, so yeah, that's Queen. Well, actually Guns N' Roses did make a bunch of uh, indie films in their time, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So we will wipe out Welcome to the Jungle. Queen advances to the final four. Next, the Midwest Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi. We're not going to take it, Twisted Sister. I am torn up about this one. Once again, the audience is down the middle, literally split with tens of thousands of votes split exactly evenly. Um, I'm going to go with Living on a Prayer with Bon Jovi.
0: I am uh, going to put Jared back in the mix here because I'm never walking away from a Twisted Sister song. So I, I'm going to go with Twisted Sister. I can't hear that song without having it in my head. So it's going to be Bon Jovi all the way for me. Oh, bingo. There we go. There we, oh, go. There we go. So
1: Dee Snyder goes home a little bit early. A little bit early, Brad. A little, a little bit, bit
0: unexpected, uh, certainly from my perspective. But only uh, no, way out.
1: It. Way out west, a battle of the heavyweights. jumped by Van Halen and Born in the USA by uh,
0: the Boss, Bruce Springsteen. Is that me? Do we have a Do we have a uh, a fan vote on this one?
1: We do. It's a little bit. It's a little bit odd, right? It's a little oh, bit odd okay. because this, of course, is the Western bracket. Ninety-two um, percent of the fans voted for "Do That to Me One More Time" by Captain and Tennille. Hmm. Um, so you know that's where they're leaning.
0: Even though that that song isn't actually in the competition, they lost last week. Correct? Yeah. Well, you know what? Not ex- unexpected out of the Western bracket. I am. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't go the boss there, so I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go the other direction.
1: Ah, jump Van Halen, Brad. I'm going to go with "Do That to Me One More Time" by Van Halen, uh, just because it's what everyone seems to want. Um, Jared, uh, last week you knocked. Um, do that to me one more time out by captain to rather. rather. Um, do they get a second chance here or are you going to uh, jump in with Brad? I watched the jump by Van Halen music video and that's all I needed to go with Van Halen.
0: Okay. So Did it's Van
1: Halen. So we've got uh, keep on loving you. Another one bites the dust living on a prayer and jump is the final four. There's still the chance, right? That someone else could jump in here. It seems like captain and Tennille are making a big push. Um, but that is our final four and everyone is going to be excited for next week. Next, Brad, the 94th annual Academy Awards uh, really is overpowering everything. So when we start in with the two big news items of the week, the two things that everyone needs to know around the bubbler, this is bubbler material. We need to start with the Oscars. I mean, everyone's talking about it this year. There are a lot of good films. It seems like an unusually long list. Um but uh, I'll go through them and we'll let you make your best picture pick. Everyone is waiting on, And I think the folks at the uh, casinos online are waiting for this to change the odds. Of course, you've got Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, which I believe came out in 1982, but it's odd. King Richard, which is about Richard Third, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. And I believe in a, uh, in, a, in a in a side piece to that, Natalie Wood has been nominated for Best Actress. Uh, Brad, which one of these is gonna win and why? I know you've seen them all. <laughs> Buddy, I, not
0: only have I not seen them all, I've only ever heard of two, and I've only heard of one in the movie context. So the two I've heard of are Dune, and West Side Story, but I did not know they had, I'm presuming they remade West Side Story and that's why it's in this year and it's not you know, the original stage play. I think there's a different award for stage plays. So the only one I've ever heard of in a modern movie context is Dune. I saw the movie, it was okay. I'd like to think that a movie has to be better than okay to win an Oscar, but I have not for years been able to understand the requirements for best picture, why you would vote for any of those. And so I just, if I have to go with one, I'm going to have to go with Dune because it's the only one I saw or heard of.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go with licorice pizza, Brad. It was supple yet sublime. I of course haven't seen any of these either. Uh, Next, Brad, uh, the uh, terror on Nantucket is the next uh, item that everyone needs to know about. All of the folks with the homes on Nantucket, which is where the beautiful people go to sun in the summer are up in arms because the big uh, UPS mail carrier forgot to reserve slots on the summer ferries this year. Sounds familiar Uh for their Uh big trucks. Um, So at this point, um, people are wondering how homeowners, Brad, homeowners are um, going to get uh, uh, their uh, Hermes outfits, their expensive gear, their Chanel dresses, Brad, to the island for all their events. The big white party I know you attend every year on Nantucket. Um, A a spokesman for UPS said they're working to find other transportation to ensure VIP packages are delivered on time. Um, But it may see some of the local pop up shops like Hermes without any stock during the busy May to uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day season. Obviously, this is a tragedy uh, that, that could have been averted. Uh, do you think the federal government should should step in here? What And, and what would you be thinking if you were Ted Danson or uh, um, Mary Steenburgen?
0: Well, buddy, I think that if there was justice in the world, the federal government would step in because that would ensure that not only the Hermes packages didn't arrive to the Isle of Nantucket, but neither did food or fresh drinking water.
1: It's obviously something we need to keep an eye on. It's a potential uh, calamity in the works. Hopefully they'll figure it out. Maybe they can fly some of these high-end goods over. Um, maybe one of the Schilling haberdasheries shot. can you know, buy a boat, submarine yeah. I think is a great idea. There's always the yeah. underground tunnel that they built during uh, World War One. But all of this is obviously in the cards and all of this is concerning. Uh, hopefully the prince and uh, duchess of uh, Dorchester, Harry and, and Meghan don't have to go over there and be subjected to this. Uh, Maybe they'll go to the Hamptons, spread.
0: Well, maybe, and they would, I'm sure, be welcome there.
1: Uh, Of course, you can learn more about our show on ipfrequently.com. That's our website. You can go there and give us feedback on the show. And if you want to be a guest, uh, you can uh, can, uh, apply to be a guest on the website. You can also follow us on InstaFace at IP underscore frequently there, you can submit your own pithy comments, questions, and of course, we'll do our best to answer all those questions uh, that uh, certainly the ones that deserve it. Uh, Next, Brad, we go to um, the state of Florida, the Sunshine State. I was there this past week for spring break. This week, you are uh, down there. That's why the folks here in the studio audience see you appearing as a hologram and not as a live human being. But it's very close. It's the animatronics in it that make it all worthwhile. Very close
0: to you actually being here. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, my mouth moves sort of like one of those old Kung Fu movies. But other than that, it is spot on.
1: And this is the segment where we go a little bit deeper into some of the news that affects small business owners everywhere. And I think people have just had enough. They've had enough, as certainly uh, Satisha Hicks has. Satisha Hicks, of course, Brad, is a uh, worker at the uh, Burger King drive through in Miami Gardens, the one mm-hmm. on the uh, 120, mm-hmm. um, exit 426. Uh, once again, we're seeing more and more instances of rage over condiments and in this case again another Mm -hmm. another um rage uh fueled incident over mayonnaise brad
0: it'll happen buddy it'll happen
1: it does happen apparently uh satisha hicks of course the burger king employee um works the drive through a very good earnest worker typically Uh, yes Mm -hmm. apparently there was an argument at the drive-through window this past weekend um, the uh, a customer came through and was obviously belligerent, Brad. He threw or squirted mayonnaise in her face uh, and then drove up to park to wait for his food. Uh, of course, no one's going to take uh, mayonnaise packets being thrown in their face, and nor should you. Uh, so t- Shatisha Hicks went to her car, um, grabbed her handgun, and squeezed off five shots at the gentleman's vehicle, who was parked in the waiting area for his food. He ev- as one does, as one he does. eventually drove off um, and uh, sped away. Uh, she got into her car <laughs> and uh, Brad, she of course, fled the scene immediately uh, as well, not finishing her shift, but who could blame her? And uh, she was uh, pulled over about a mile from her home uh, and uh, taken into, uh, into uh, custody. Uh, of course, you know the the comment uh, made by her sister uh, was quote she was protecting herself. I don't blame her. Anyone would do it. Uh, anyone yes. has their breaking point. Um, again, Brad, this seems like almost an epidemic that's breaking out here related to condiments, fast food restaurants, and handguns. Uh, what
0: what say you? Well, first of all, mayonnaise is gross, right? I mean, I, I apologize if there's anyone out there who's a huge mayonnaise fan. I am not. I've never understood it. It's like egg whites and I don't even know what else is in there, but it's not good. And so, you know, no one wants to have any form of packet, sugar, ketchup, business packet. No, no one wants to have any form of packet thrown in their face. But if it's mayonnaise, I mean, you clearly have stepped over the line. And, and I think that uh, Satisha showed some real restraint here by having the handgun in her car as opposed to just on her hip as she worked her shift, because I think that would probably be more typical.
1: Amen. We're with you, and hopefully she'll be a guest on the program soon. We know she's a big uh, uh, follower of the show. Uh, Next, Brad, Ukraine update. It is obviously bleak over there. It is a total mess. Um, Russian generals are getting killed. Ukrainian civilians are getting killed. Uh, The latest is that Russia is now... um, taking refugees from some of the coastal cities in Ukraine, moving them to Siberia into quote unquote filtration centers where we heard this before and, um, you know, confiscating their phones, their documents. Uh, it is it is a real mess over there. And uh, it doesn't seem like it's going to let up anytime soon. The good news, Brad, is that your president of mine, Joe Biden is visiting Poland. He's been invited into Kiev, but I don't think he's going to go, but he's going to participate in some urgent uh, NATO talks over the next uh, few days. And um, uh, look, I mean, if, if anything is going to resolve it, sending Joe Biden over there
0: will. Well, one would expect, right? I mean, we, we sent Kamala Harris over there. She definitely set the table. I mean, she got in there. She untied some complicated knots, she's got people's heads moving in the right direction. I mean, come on guys, it's Europe. It's a European country that is in Europe. I mean, come on guys. And so, you know, she's got she's got the table set up for her boss to show up, put his head on it and not off.
1: Yeah, I I I couldn't uh I couldn't agree more. It is a uh it is a nightmare over there. Biden is not going to help out. Kamala Harris did do a great job. Obviously, what a mess! And it seems like the world leadership is um, just a huge vacuum right now. There's really nothing there, unfortunately.
0: Well, and, and buddy, it's it's a stretch to call it leadership. And and again, this is what you get: these countries, these Western countries are, are included. I mean, all of them democracies. All of these this leadership, quote unquote, is supposedly there because the people have voted for them. But we have so taken our eye off the ball about what it means. To be a leader, right? So instead of voting for looking at situations, saying, you know, the world is and has always been and will always continue to be a dangerous place, we're never sure exactly what might happen. Let's put a person in charge who is capable of managing critical incidents, who can lead us through difficult situations, who can think on their feet, who can think outside the box who when necessary can negotiate, when necessary can fight. Let's pick someone like that and put them in charge so that when these incidents invariably erupt, someone will be at the top who can manage this, who has put together a team underneath them, who can manage it. We don't do any of that anymore.
1: And obviously now we have um, confirmation from the old gray lady, Angela Lansbury I mean the New York Times, Brad, oh. saying that the uh, the FBI, had and, uh, and and confirmed the Hunter Biden laptop was in fact a Hunter Biden laptop. When everyone was saying in the run-up to the election that it was Russian disinformation, I think there was a letter signed by dozens of former uh, US uh, intelligence officers and, and some of them all the way to the top of the CIA who said that the laptop was Russian disinformation. And so just last week, the New York Times slipped into an article the uh, fact that the FBI has the laptop and the contents of the laptop have been confirmed to be Hunter Biden. So again, yeah, this is the laptop that uh you know Rudy Giuliani was running around with before the election <clears throat> that had emails referring to the big guy and payments coming from the Ukraine that were directed to the big guy. So um kind of astounding that now the New York Times has let that slip without a, without so much as a correction or uh, someone um, you know, rebuking these comments that were made about Russian disinformation. Um, and, and, and I believe this past week also, all of those intelligence officers were contacted. And um, when they were contacted, they were, um, most of them just didn't respond, but the ones that did respond were indignant. And they said, well, it could have been Russian disinformation. It has all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, except it wasn't. Um, and it just shows you how far we've come as a country and how screwed up our electoral process is. And the fact that something like this isn't going to be a big deal, it's just not, is amazing to me.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it should be a huge deal, not just from the perspective of, you know, just gross malfeasance by the Biden family and, you know, payments to the big guy. I, mean, I Suppose there there could be some debate as to who that is, but I don't I don't think most people would engage in it. And but also just the, to the the influence over the leadership, right? I mean, the the guy who wasn't at the time that the emails were sent, the president of the United States, but he had been the vice president of the United States. Then he's in the running for the president of the United States. Meanwhile, we're worried that a guy like Trump might be influenced by the Russians. Trump is the most transparent guy. On the planet. Right? Whatever pops into that, I don't care if you love him, you hate him, you have to agree that whatever pops into that dude's head just comes out of his mouth. Right? I mean, you want to talk about a guy that has no filter, no real sense of of place or appropriateness with what he says, you're talking about Donald Trump. So that guy could not be influenced by someone without basically coming out and saying, hey, I'm being influenced by these people right? And it's a great thing. It's the best thing. It's the biggest thing. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. It's, it's huge. It's huge, right? I mean, that's what would happen. Okay, so it, we're worried about a guy who, like that, being influenced by the Russians, when over here, we have absolute evidence that the Biden family is under the influence of all kinds of foreign folk, right, who have are showing up with cash in their pockets to get access to Joe Biden. And we've decided that's a non-issue. And again, it's just, it's another one of those things where if the shoe was on the other foot, I mean, if this was one of the Trump family's laptops, I mean, we would, we would be moving heaven and earth. There would be live broadcasts from outside of the digital forensic laboratory where that laptop was being evaluated. Every piece of news would be put out immediately. It's just, it's, And to your point, it screws up the the most important thing we do as a democracy, which is elect our leadership. It screws that up because we don't deal with the facts anymore. We just massage the facts or ignore the facts in order to fit the narrative that has been selected by people who aren't the electorate, which again, if you're not concerned about this then you just don't give a crap about living in a democracy. I mean, you cannot have your cake and eat it, too.
1: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. I think the ironic thing is we spent – I mean, no no one seems to be fair anymore, right? I mean, when the Trump-Russia thing story came out, I was the first one to say, look, if they are colluding with a foreign power to get elected president of the United States, that's treasonous. You you should go to jail. Nothing came – you should probably be executed. Yeah. Um, But nothing came of it. There was no evidence behind it. When there was no evidence, I said, this is insane. Here, there's tons of evidence. And all the people that were up in arms about the Trump thing are silent about this, which is just crazy. It just doesn't because this is truly if this is really happening, this is truly treasonous. This should be looked into. I'm not saying have some big show public hearings, but this is something that needs to be looked into. I assume it's being looked into as part of this tax probe, and I assume we'll get to the bottom of it, but for the media to highlight one thing and not the other is insane. But lastly, Brad, in this uh, segment, we'll get to New York City where things appear to be going swimmingly um, now that the new mayor, Adams, is in charge and taken over for Mayor De Um Brad, the ultra violent pagan motorcycle club, it's a biker gang, notor- gang notorious for extreme violence and paganism is is operating in new york city once again the group uh rode through the city this past weekend in a show of force and an apparent attempt to recruit new members Um, the uh, members are uh, boldly selling crystal meth guns gang raping women and brutalizing rival gangs as well as extorting businesses a police officer ken crokey of the New York City Police Department, the NYPD, Brad Big Blue, um, said that uh, one of the leaders is laying out a plan to brutally rape rape women in New York. He warned that pagans are the most dangerous of the two gangs operating in New York City, and they need to be taken seriously. Uh, He said they are true pagans at heart, and he recalled how one leader of the pagan gang removed his own artificial leg, Brad, removed it to clobber a business owner who refused to pay a tribute to the pagan gang, their protection fee. Uh, he eventually did get that fee and resecured the uh, artificial leg for those of you who are concerned. But Brad, it looks like things in New York are, are going uh, pretty, uh, pretty well.
0: Well, oh, but it's efficient. I mean, first and foremost, to clobber someone with your artificial leg because then you don't have to carry additional heavy weapons, right? You, you're typically going to have the artificial leg with you anyway. Uh, having the ability to whip that thing off and beat someone with it, like I said, is handy. If you're a pagan, it's part of the tradition, and uh, so that I think you know demonstrates some of the overall the overall excellence of the training. And tactics of the pagan motorcycle gang. Other than that, I would think that you would probably want to begin the process of asking the pagans, first nicely uh, and politely, I mean, it's just one gentleman to another, to maybe not operate inside your city. But I, this is what happens when you have you know, sort of welcomed lawlessness into your jurisdiction. And I kind of feel bad for the new mayor because I, I kind of like, I mean, from what I know about the guy, I kind of like him. I mean, he seems kind of like a regular guy. He's got a law enforcement background. He seemed like the, the kind of thing that New York City needs. So I'm not sure if this is you know something that you can lay at his feet or if this is just hold over from the previous administration. But uh, you, the, you are picking up speed going down the slippery slope when you've got an outfit like the Pagans, who are open and notorious. Right? I mean, these guys literally wear vests that say pagan on them, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes law enforcement can be hard. You're not sure this guy's a criminal, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. If he's wearing a vest that says criminal, then, you know, usually we refer to that as a clue and you can begin to pay attention to those guys. When you have an an open motorcycle gang operating notoriously inside your city limits, you have begun to lose the war. And so I would suggest that they, you know, that they being the leadership of New York take some, you know, note and perhaps engage in some uh, interdiction.
1: Yeah. And you have to be, you have to be careful. Cause these are, these are smart dudes, right? I mean, they treat this, this paganism is a, a, a sort of a rite of passage, right. For this group, according to croaky, who wrote a book about it. Hmm. And uh, he was asked, he was undercover, I guess, with the, with the gang for, for, I think like 40 or 50 years. And he was asked um, if he was concerned that writing the book would um, be read by the pagans. And he said, uh, I would be surprised if they don't read it. He said, they read all types of books like this. And I quote, to try to detect what law enforcement does. That's the best way they can do it. They watch all the shows, cops, documentaries, and Sons of Anarchy. Brad, when you were on the beat, were you concerned that people would watch some of these shows to to, to try to get a leg up on you?
0: Well, yeah, because that's what no, law enforcement does. No pun intended,
1: does. by the way. No pun no, intended. There. Uh,
0: indeed, indeed. A leg up or a leg across the head, either one. Uh, but you do have to be careful because that's what law enforcement does. We also watch the shows to learn how we should be doing it. I remember watching episode after episode of CSI just to make sure that my crime scene skills were sort of up to snuff and cutting edge. And so, you know, if you're watching the show and the criminals are watching the show, then you're effectively going to wind up in the same place and that's not what you're looking for so what we used to try and do particularly in the fbi was get each episode of CFI, csi or sons of anarchy or cops we try to get next week's episode a little early you know just a little peek behind the curtain if you will so that we could be a step or two ahead of the bad guys in watching the shows um, through which we would learn our tradecraft and investigative techniques
1: uh, Brad, COVID Corner, we, of course, re- retired that last week, replaced it with the End Times report. I think we determined that the End Times were upon us, and now COVID is back in the news. Dr. Anthony Fichy, uh, 81 years old, has um, said that uh, um, he is not uh, going to be retiring because we still have a way to go before the pandemic finally ends. He said that uh, he is not going anywhere um, he thinks that there are going to be potentially more restrictions in this country. He believes that masks are an important tool for that, and he would like to um, uh, vaccinate all newborn babies. Uh, Brad, do you think that it's a good idea for Anthony Fauci to still be uh, in in office at this point, he's 81. He deserves some time in the sun, maybe floating along with you with his leg within your um, tube on the lazy river would be a good idea. Uh, mm-hmm. Thoughts on that?
0: Well, I mean, first of all, the mere fact that Dr. Fauci is 81 years old and still with us will tell you all you need to know about the lethality of COVID. Um he seems to be a fan of masks and not a fan of masks, since he is on record as having recommended we wear them and not wear them. And so I, I'm not really sure how you're supposed to adjust yourself to the type of advice that he generally gives, which seems to you know, depend on whether or not it's Tuesday or Thursday. Uh, But I'm sure he would like the pandemic to continue. So it doesn't surprise me that he would make these just sort of amorphous uh, comments like, well, you know, I mean, we'll probably see some more restrictions. The pandemic is still here. You look out, everybody be scared, uh, but don't be scared for any particular direct reason. Just in general, be nervous all the time. And oh, by the way, if you happen to see my face on TV, turn up the volume because I love the sound of my own voice. Uh, That doesn't surprise me.
1: He almost thinks he's he's too important to part the scene.
0: I mean, anybody whose daily bread is making other people fearful is someone you want to keep an eye on. And, and I think, but didn't I read someplace that one of the senators, you know, put forth a bill to try and get him fired and break his job up into like three different jobs? Maybe I'm making that up.
1: Yeah, I think Rand Paul did that, and Rand Paul also is talking about how you know, they, they, we don't need a dictator in charge of uh, the infectious disease, um, politicizing really the infectious disease um, group at the CDC. So, I I mean, we'll have to keep an eye on it. I, th- I think, though, uh, 81, it's a good run, and uh, he seems to be enjoying it. I think he was on the cover of Geriatric um, Vogue, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in the thong. In right. the thong. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, well, Brad, we'll keep an eye on that. Speaking of keep an eye on things, uh, how excited were you this past week? We finally were getting through the NCAAs. And obviously it's something you're, you're glued to the television set, as am I. It is uh, incredibly invigorating to watch. And as you know, transgender swimmer Leah Thomas shattered the woman's 500 yard um uh, swim record winning the NCAA title. Um, it is a big day
0: for women's uh, sports. Yeah. Well, anybody, we've talked about this, unfortunately, quite a bit because no one seems to want to take corrective action here. It seems fine with everybody that we ruin women's sports so that we can put a dude in a woman's swimsuit. And then Harold said, dude, as some sort of amazing athlete. I mean, the the amount of, can there truly be anyone who believes in their own BS with respect to this, right? I mean, I showed somebody a picture of uh, Miss, I guess, Thomas, um, in the swimsuit, and and the person who did not know the background was like, why is that guy wearing a woman's swimsuit? I mean, if you innocently observe What's happening here, that will be your response, right? If you're not, if you don't know what's going on, if you're not trying to be woke, if you're not trying to be politically correct, you'll just sort of chuckle and go, well, why is a guy, that's clearly a guy, why is a guy wearing a women's swimsuit? And you just look at him and go, exactly, right? So the amount of self delusion it takes to cheer this as some form of progress is just ridiculous. And again, I'm not even talking about the transgender issue right if you want to live a transgender lifestyle you go ahead right we many people have fought and died for freedoms you're allowed to use your freedom the way that you want that is why they call it freedom whether or not it's a wise choice or not is on you but if you want to live your life that way that's fine but as soon as your life choices begin to impact other people's life choices we used to become concerned about that in this country
1: yeah, it's pretty uh, incredible. And then you saw this week the um th- this is the height of irony, right? The National Women's Center came out and said, and I'm quoting here, "Leah Thomas deserves uh, all celebration for her success this season. Instead, it's being met with nationwide misogyny and transphobia." Um uh, you know, some would argue that it's almost misogyny having a man compete in a women sport like this i mean that that uh that's what's so ironic but all of these organizations have become so woke that um you know that it that it's 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 doing ultimate damage to the uh um to the women's Cause right, You talked about Title IX, but also you got to feel for that. I think there was one of the girls who uh, missed out on being in the uh, finals of the 500s in the NCAAs who actually came out and you know said it doesn't promote, I'm quoting, doesn't promote our sport in a good way. And it's disrespectful against the biologically female swimmers who are working hard to compete in the NCAAs. I think that's spot on. And you've really got to feel for them. I think, unfortunately, you're going to see more and more of this. Um, And again, I I don't I think people have to live their own life. People have to make their own choices and they can and and they certainly should be free to do that. But when you're talking about a competition, right, we go so far to regulate everything from who's using performance enhancing drugs to who's using um, addictive drugs to who's betting on any type of competition and using that as a way to filter out people who can compete. But the minute you start talking about whether it's a biological male or a female, Um, being categorized and able to compete in a certain type of uh, activity, um, suddenly you are shamed. And I I just think that's unfortunate. And I think ultimately it does a disservice to women everywhere and girls everywhere. And it doesn't send
0: uh, the right message. Yeah, it's just amazingly hypocritical. I mean, just what you've said, but all of the time and effort that is spent in ensuring that athletics are fair and equitable when it comes to what you're putting in your body, what you're wearing, I mean, all of these things, Right. I mean, you recall just the most recent Winter Olympics, some of the better ski jumpers, I realize, you know, very few people, particularly in the States, care about ski jumping, but they were eliminated from competition because the suits they were wearing were slightly too stiff. Right, and so they were eliminated from Olympic competition, having trained for four years, having put on the suit their country gave them. Right, it's like these athletes pick their own suits. They put on the suit their country gave them. Said, you know, this is this year's ski jumping suit. Put it on. So they did. They were eliminated from competition, and yet we can put a dude in a swimsuit and say, yeah, that's fair. And I, I'm just wondering what the National Women's Center will say when the, all of a sudden the leadership transitions to being all dudes wearing women's clothing, right? And and that is what they've scheduled themselves for. I hope it happens and I hope the women that are currently there just stand around looking. You stand there looking around going, "Well, what happened? We now are in, we now have all guys in charge." Yeah, you do and you asked for it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now you do see a lot of other um uh industries sort of taking note of this um you know such as in fashion, as you know, Gucci has its creative director Alessandro Michele who's really Brad, one of the uh, shining beacons in the fashion space, as you well know, I think you have various Gucci items in your, uh, in your wardrobe. Um, He has come out and he said that uh, for 2022 fashion week, and I believe you'll be attending along with me next week, um, more feminine outfits for men are in the works skirts and dresses. Well, that'll help with your bromance, pal. Help, help with your bromance, help men crush gender stereotypes, express themselves you know, laying down, cuddling and 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 now dressing in skirts. Um, the designer has said from recent times, men have been scared to show who they are. We invented the idea of manpower in the 20th century, but now you're free to laugh, to love, to cry, to hug another man because you are friends. The condition of masculinity has changed and so should the wardrobe. Um, so Brad, have you, have you been taking note of this? Are you going to, when, when you do go, to the next uh, gucci pop-up in the hamptons are you going to um uh or or perhaps perhaps nantucket if they get the skirts there are you going to try on a uh, a skirt or a dress
0: Uh, but i always have trouble finding the gucci pop-ups because i don't know how to spell it it's spelled very oddly i mean you would think it would be g-o-o-c-h-i-e but apparently it isn't and so try as i might Um, As I wander around through the Hamptons, swim my way out to various and sundry high-end islands such as Nantucket, I've always had trouble finding the pop-up. And so uh, my guess is I will not be able to try on any of the new skirts or dresses for men, which will, of course, be a disappointment. Um, But I'm sure some of our listening audience will, and maybe we can get a report that way.
1: Uh, Dex, Brad, we've got uh, the Royal Report. Obviously, there's a lot going on. uh, we talked about Harry and Meghan Markel, the Duchess of um, the, the, the Queen, um, giving out the Best Actor Award at the uh, Best Picture Award, rather, rather, at the Oscars. Prince Charles has returned from his ski event with the um, Duchess of Cornhole. Uh, Prince Andrew is trying to get back into public life um, by, uh, I believe, um, working at some uh, sex abuse shelter, although I don't think he can do it because of his status as a sex abuser. But we'll see. Stranger things have happened. But now uh, we have uh, Princess Anne, the daughter of uh, the Queen and Prince Philip, 71. She has um, come out with the secret of being so vibrant. Obviously, Princess Anne at 71 looks uh, to be a little bit older than the Queen, actually. But she has come out and she has written a book about how to to maintain your energy levels and uh, stay forever young. She said that uh, one of her tricks, Brad, and I want to see if you do this, she keeps a a, a kiwi fruit in her bag for emergency Mm -hmm. refreshment. That keeps Mm -hmm. her vigorous. Uh, Again, last time you saw her, I believe you said she looked like a jolly young man. You like the cut of her jib, Brad. What do you say, kiwi fruit, Uh, yes or no? Is that something that you rely
0: on? I, I i do i keep a kiwi in each pocket uh, that way no matter which hand is free i'm uh, able to get to the kiwi and get to it timely and so i'm a big fan of the kiwi and i i uh, recommend people try it or uh, if not a kiwi then one of those little cuties the uh, small orange-ish kind of a fruit uh, similar size similar shape similar refreshing qualities i think any of those uh, will, will do the trick
1: yeah, the, the cuties are nice. Of course, the kiwi has the same vitamin C level as the cutie, but it also has a large dose of vitamin K. For those of you who are following the princess, she is headed, of course, along with the Duke and Duchess of Cornhole to uh, Papua New Guinea to celebrate the Queen's Platinum Jubilee next month. Um, and uh, so she will bring probably a case of kiwi with her, or maybe maybe they'll just ship them in, Brad. I, I don't know last uh Brad barter band this is the big segment of course we were at the Stevie Awards we we won another bronze Stevie which is not uh obviously not as good as Leah Thomas but good enough for us to contain uh to continue with bragging rights uh this week barter band uh you know the past couple of weeks the days are getting a little bit longer it seems like Uh, You have the the sun setting at a quite different time because of daylight savings time. Well, the United States Senate, um, with a bipartisan coalition, Marco Rubio and Ed Markey uh, of Massachusetts um, came together to who's a very radical liberal uh, member of of Congress, uh, came together to pass a bill to make daylight savings time permanent. No more fall back. Uh, It would take place if it were passed and signed by the president. It would not take place until 2023 because airline schedules, Brad, can't be changed uh, at this late date. So it would take place next spring. You would spring forward, and then you would be done with it. Um, So a lot of folks, this 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 passed by a pretty large number, I think, um, almost unanimously in the Senate. Of course, the House is focused on the Green New Deal, so it probably won't get to this at all. But um, it seems like the Senate is doing uh, is actually passing a bipartisan bill. Do you think? that daylight savings time should be made permanent, and we bar, or perhaps ban, the whole concept of, uh, of
0: falling back. I do. That one's an easy one for me. I don't like daylight savings time. In the modern world, it doesn't make any sense. I do think the House needs to look at that bill. I understand there's a loophole in it where we don't fall back anymore, but they left the springing forward in. And so we have to do that every year and eventually to be dark during the day and light at night. And so I think we do need to amend the bill to remove that. Uh, but overall, I think it's a good call. I think when President Biden wakes up, lifts his head from the table in Poland, realizes he's in Poland. And all of this, of course, is going to take days for him to get you know, oriented. I, I hope that by then... The House will have you know, done whatever they need to do with the Green New Deal, taken a look at this much more important daylight savings time bill, gotten it passed, and then uh, someone will put a pen in President Biden's hand, will put their hand over his hand, and we'll help him sign, and then we'll have this uh, very important bipartisan legislation in place and in such a way that we're not you know, sort of continuously springing forward every year and, and then never falling back.
1: Exactly. Too confusing, but uh, I would also say that there are some riders on this bill, Brad, uh, a jug of mayonnaise for every American, which would be a great idea. Um, Just don't go to a drive through in Miami gardens, Burger King. And then other than that, Brad, I think there's a little bit of relief in there for uh, amputees who use their artificial limbs as a uh, weapon.
0: As there should be, right? I mean, these are all, if you're looking at what makes America great, it's a combination of mayonnaise and artificial limbs. Contemplate that for a while and we'll see you next week on IP Frequently. This has been IP Frequently. Once again, clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.